0: Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Friday, January fifth, two thousand eighteen. Welcome back to the Ion College Basketball Podcast. I got Matt Norlander here with me, and Norlander, let's start with this this time. How are you enjoying or enduring the bomb cyclone? Had you ever heard the term bomb cyclone? No. no. And I, I wanted to ask you. The only reason I brought this up because I wanted to ask you about this. I'm 40 years old. I I feel like at this point, like I read every day. I'm on the internet every day. I've heard of most things. Like I don't know about everything, but I've heard. I think I've heard of most things. For instance, I, I can't do an entire podcast or even a radio segment on Bitcoin. I, I don't. I don't. I don't understand everything there is. I don't know. I don't know the pros. I don't know the cons. But, I, but I'm aware that Bitcoin exists. I, d- I never heard of bomb cyclone. How have I gone 40 years and never heard of a bomb cyclone? This is brilliant
1: marketing by the greater weather industry, <laughs> by big weather, because <laughs> you had not heard of, what was it, Cone of Destruction until like two, three years ago, right? I mean, they're coming up with these <laughs> cataclysmic, apocalyptic terms of disaster To get you to talk about them, to get us to talk about them on a damn college basketball podcast. And it works. And by the way, we got friggin' bomb cyclones. So even if we had never heard of it, that (laughs) wound up being legitimate. You are stranded in New York at least an extra two days. It's about to drop temperature-wise into the single digits here in the Northeast. So how are you holding up there in your hotel in, in Midtown Manhattan, GP?
0: Well, you have to understand, you're speaking to somebody who was born and raised, well, born in Tennessee, but raised in Mississippi. I'm not used to bomb cyclones. <laughs> this ain't really our deal. Um, but I'm fine. You know, I'm in a hotel room. It's obviously fine. I'm in a nice hotel and whatever. As long as my heater works, and I have a bed, I'm fine. But I did walk outside yesterday just because I wanted to do You know, you wake up and you go, okay, I'm in the middle of a bomb cyclone. I'd like to go, as long as I'm not risking my life. I'd like to see what this is all about. So I did like go for a little walk yesterday in the middle of a bomb cyclone. I will tell you that was miserable. How does this weather compare to like normal weather for somebody like you?
1: Well, I grew up in Vermont and then I've lived in Connecticut for 17, 18 years now. Um, it's it was pretty notable just because of the winds. I mean, up here they got they definitely were in the high 30s, if not low 40s at some point, and then it accumulated fast. I don't know how much snow you have. Uh, in Manhattan, we got GP. We got at least nine inches, and I started That's shoveling. First of all, said. it's going to be it's going to be a uh, time to get a snowblower pretty soon here, um, because this is my first winter of owning my own home, and we don't have a, like a really long driveway, but we've got you know an average driveway. And dude, I went out last night, two and a half hours of this and i was 70 percent done my drive i still gotta do more i still gotta get out hold there hold
0: up you stood in your driveway for two and a half hours
1: dude yeah
0: there is no way gotta get it done you know, <laughs> you it was... got it. no there is no way
1: i got this buddy who i saw on new year's eve and we were talking we were actually talking about how things we had discussed on this podcast about you know, do you get a push mower? Do you get a riding mower? Do you get someone to come do your lawn? And I was talking. You get a person. You get a person. Right, all right. So here's the thing, though. He, he, he goes, he goes, man, I don't know. There's just something so American about getting your own home, cutting your own grass. You know, that's your oh. property. It's your piece of this earth. And he's like, you know what? I kind of feel the same about shoveling the driveway. It just it, it kind of sucks. But you know what? It's part of the dream. I'm out there last night at 945. decked to the winter nines and i'm like this is not part of the dream right here this 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 is not the american lifestyle that i want and uh so yes a snowblower will be happening imminently but not today and i still have more to do on top of the work that i have to do so i'm dreading it but that's uh that's part of the deal
0: man they would find me dead in the driveway if, if i had to like commit to trying to do something like that and I don't mean I don't mean dead from exhaustion I mean like I would (laughs) murder myself there's no scenario under which I'm shoveling snow for two two hours 45 minutes oh it was it was bad man it was yeah I saw these poor guys out here and the snow in Manhattan isn't awful it's not like anything I've I think last year we went through something similar in terms of snow so if you just walk around right now it's not whatever it's fine but like yesterday, you're exactly right. The winds, that's what was crazy. It was like painful to be outside. And I don't mean painful for somebody, uh, for somebody from Mississippi. I mean like other New like New Yorkers, people who are used to this, people who like laugh at me and roll their eyes at me when I'm like, ooh, we got two inches of snow and my kids are out of school. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. They were even like, yo, this is too much. This is ridiculous. <laughs> like these winds are not not okay. And so I saw these poor guys like – out there in that wind shoveling stuff. And I was like, man, where did your life go wrong? Like something happened somewhere along the way that led you to this moment. And this moment is really, ridic- really, they probably just own like a bar. You know, they're probably doing well. But my God, I couldn't imagine. Like I just walked to get a cup of coffee and it was miserable. And these guys were just standing out there. And this one guy I saw, he was putting together pizza boxes outside I was like, "Yo, you don't have enough room inside to go do this inside. This is crazy to me." I think you saw don't someone
1: so. on a bike? Because I watched your video on Twitter. And you said that, what is that That's with? ridiculous.
0: Okay, <laughs> dude. Okay, so like people
1: are delivery. Hold on, before you finish, you're aware of the, you know, the Manhattan survival instincts. Like people are ordering food.
0: Yes, I, I ordered food. I'm that guy.
1: You better have tipped as much as the meal cost to do that in that weather. I tipped around forty
0: percent. Forty percent is not bad. It's not good
1: unless no, no still forty
0: percent.
1: No, not in this weather. You got if 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 the meal is like fifty bucks, you better be tipping minimally thirty dollars. Minimally,
0: the I think the honestly, I think the meal was like twelve bucks,
1: and I okay. Just, I, if it's put, twelve bucks, you have to match how much the meal costs. I'm just letting you know how these things work. Okay, twelve
0: bucks. I put twenty on it.
1: Yeah, no, if that's it costs okay. 12, you, you tip 12. In this weather, think in this weather.
0: From Norlander, that's not okay? You're right. The weather, I should have taken that into account. Just telling you.
1: Because I'm yesterday, all, yesterday it was all, specifically –
0: in fairness, I'm also dealing with Chrome River. I don't want Chrome River red flagging me. You understand?
1: Nobody <laughs> cares about our expense process. <laughs> do you like Chrome River or hate Chrome River? It's it's fine, GP. I it's, actually have I like to, it. I like it. Uh, good times. This is this is valuable <laughs> podcasting. I have to do that next week. Anyway, <laughs> you want to talk hoops here? This is a nice old throwback style podcast with the, starting off with a non basketball tangent, and I do appreciate it. I know that most listeners do as well. But where
0: do you want to go with this? Uh, I don't know how you transition from something as silly as a bomb cyclone to sexual misconduct. But let's just go there because it was reported this morning by the Star Tribune newspaper in Minneapolis that Reggie Lynch, who is Minnesota's center. He's a starter. He's like a real player, the reigning Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, um, is facing a removal from campus uh, to at least 2020 – um, after he was found, quote, responsible for sexual misconduct after he was accused by a woman. And this is now at least the second woman we know of who has accused him of sexual misconduct. And so um, the, the university hasn't um, acknowledged this yet at all. It was good reporting by the Star Tribune. But I just can't imagine he plays anymore, even if he appeals this. Because if he appeals this, uh, best I can tell, he will be, for lack of a better word, free until the appeal is heard. So he could continue to be on campus and continue to play basketball. But I can't imagine he continues to play basketball under these circumstances. Can you?
1: Not at all. Um you know we do not know the specific details of these allegations but to if you read the Star Tribune's report um, so Lynch has been accused twice uh, of of this kind of behavior um, the one in that he is now facing banishment from the campus until 2020 occurred in April of 2016 there was a second incident that that happened a month later he was cleared from uh, by the university's uh, board about this but the but the big sticking point here is that the Minnesota coaching staff would have known about all of this, and you yes. can say that as the process was going through it uh, and and Lynch has been previously suspended um, for from, from what I can tell in relation to the may incident. Um, you can say that the, he you know he was still under review and no punishment was going to come until a verdict was decided that is uh, that is negligent thinking on behalf of Richard Petino and anyone else involved in the decision making with Minnesota Athletics at any point really but when you have to take into account the um the better climate we are in when it comes to women speaking out uh, in the me too movement and if this day was always going to come well now minnesota and patino look even worse about this he, no matter what is if he appeals and then he wins on appeal and the term wins is even awful in this situation but uh, but he can't play for that university ever again i mean he that's his time has got to be done there um Real quick, from a basketball standpoint, I mean, it, it clearly affects Minnesota. Um, that's not the most important thing, but it's undeniable that without him, Minnesota's uh, outlook on the season uh, certainly is not nearly as optimistic overall. But Richard Pitino's got an answer to a lot of questions here, and it uh, it, <laughs> it continues uh, what's been a bad past few months for that family. Um, very different situation from what his father was, was uh, most recently in here. But, GP, I don't see how Reggie Lynch ever can, will, or should play for Minnesota again. And I think he is a senior. I think that he He is. I think his career is done, right? Because I don't even think that he could play college ever again, period. I I think this is his last year. No,
0: this would be it. Um, I don't think he will ever play for Minnesota again. I don't think he should ever play for Minnesota again. I don't even think those things are debatable. Um, You said. It's the second scandal, and this is a scandal, or it will, it will, it'll turn into one. But probably by the time uh, you guys are listening to this podcast that we're recording on Friday morning, it, it's going to be something that Richard has to answer for. You said it's the second scandal for this Patino family, and it is. I think you could reasonably argue it's it's worse than what his father went through. In mm-hmm. in
1: if he as will, it relates- yeah,
0: yeah. You know, if, if yeah, well, he clearly. Did. You know when yeah, your yeah, student yeah, is being investigated yeah. by uh, even a, a a university committee. You know, and I like Richard a lot. Is I like Rick a lot. I like that family. Um. I can't defend him on this. I listen. I've I said this for a long time. I've been consistent if you have a player who is charged and I know, and this is gonna be what they get into, he was never charged by police. If you have a a student athlete who is charged with sexual assault, he should be suspended from the team until that's resolved, period. That would be my university policy. Put me in charge of a university, that's my policy. And I know here that that, that this is not that, but when you have a student athlete accused of sexual assault, twice in two months, like one can be erroneous. One can be a misunderstanding. One can be maybe just a, I I guess I, I don't actually like buy into that, but I'm saying I could be, I could convince myself that, hey, it's just, this is one thing. It's not real, but two, nah, that's like, you get accused of sexual assault twice by two different women, which is apparently What the case is here, you can't play for me anymore. You can't represent my university anymore. Like, uh, let me just ask you this. Norlander, how old are you? 36. Thanks for bringing it up. You're 36 years old. You got a lot of friends. You know a lot of people. Forget celebrities, athletes, anybody from that world. Do you personally know anybody who has been publicly accused of sexual assault twice? No. Me neither. That's my point. That's my point. I don't – I'm 40. I know a lot of people. I don't know anybody who's been accused multiple times of what Reggie Lynch is accused of. Neither do you. That's 76 combined years on earth between you and I. We both know a lot of people. Neither one of us know anybody like Reggie Lynch. That's not okay. You cannot let that person represent you, and Richard's going to have to answer why when you knew he was accused by one woman once upon a time, and then he's accused by a woman again, why did you let him represent your university? And the athletic director, probably the university president or chancellor, is going to have to answer for that. And it's a reasonable question to ask, and it's something that um, that they should have to answer for.
1: Minnesota needs to get ahead of this. We are recording this broadcast on Friday morning. Their next game is at home on Saturday against Indiana. They should not wait to put Richard Pertino in front of a microphone until that post game press conference because then they play Indiana and no matter if they win by thirty, they win at the buzzer or lose by twenty, the post game press conference will be dominated by questions regarding this. Um, it will be probably a theme of that presser no matter what happens today. Uh, Minnesota would it would behoove that university to uh, to address this publicly in my opinion today and to make its coaches accountable as uh as much as needed here and anyone in the athletic department that is because you, particularly with this university you know we both know Amelia Reno who was a beat reporter for the Minnesota yeah. Golden Gophers um former athletic director Norwood Teague uh essentially lost his job because he Continually sexually harassed her and went after her um, and made advances uh, and it is a dreadful, despicable, awful story. Um, he lost his job over it and that's not so far in the past here. Um, you know, Lynch's situation versus Teague's uh, are not exactly the same, but they fall under the same um, same subject essentially and. When you are Minnesota and you have that in your past, um, you need to address this and take responsibility immediately. Uh, Lynch can appeal if he wants to. It would be a bad look if he did, in my opinion. He's this is two incidents here, and and you just get out. You know, if, if you are Patino staff administration, uh, take the heat here, answer the questions, and do not run from this because it will. Abs- if there is anything else we don't know, rest assured uh the local media doing its job there will uncover more of it. Um, this will obviously be something that we track on the site and discuss on the podcast here. And, you know, unfortunately, I would be remiss if I did not bring up the fact that unfortunately, um, these kinds of things, be it with players, uh, be it with staff or any other. This happens in college athletics way, way, way too much. I firmly believe that we hear about maybe 20, maybe 20% of actually what happens. Um, because as has been so well documented, uh, across the world and every kind of business and walk of life, um, women, uh, are sometimes hesitant, uh, to come forward with their stories for a number of reasons. Um, and hopefully we are getting to a point more and more where the men who do this are being held more accountable. So Minnesota, don't run from this. It's I,
0: I, do think it it's, I do think it's important to point out this was all prior to the Me Too movement, right? She accused him a long time mm-hmm. ago. Absolutely. So so this isn't some reaction to Harvey Weinstein or or uh, 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 Matt Lauer or, or whatever. Um, this predates all of that. Um, but I would say when, when I say if you're Richard Patino, I don't know how you can allow this to happen. Um, I would also say if you're a university, I don't know why you would allow this to happen. Not the alleged incident, obviously. You can't control that. Sexual misconduct, sexual assault is a problem on, I think this is reasonable to say, literally every college campus in America, if not the world. Um, I, I mean, how could you allow him to play? Because I would... Just think it through like this. And in fact, I think every university should have a policy in place to protect them from themselves. In other words, okay, we've got a player, good player, bad player, doesn't matter. A player, someone who represents our university, someone who's going to generate a headline because not every sexual misconduct incident that happens on a campus, even when somebody is Banned from campus like Reggie Lynch is facing right now, it doesn't generate a headline, even locally, much less nationally. But a basketball player does. A basketball player on a team that was preseason top 25 does. A basketball player in a power five league like the Big Ten does. And so my question would be for Richard or for the university. You knew that there was a chance that this would be made public. At some point, why put yourself through this day? Was it worth it? It, It's never worth it. Like, it's not worth it from Richard's perspective, just in his own career. And it's not worth it from a university's perspective from public relations. So, like, uh, I I, I don't want to stretch it too far and suggest that this is going to cost anybody their job. I have no idea. But... They're going to have to answer questions. This person was accused not once but twice by two separate women. That, that's what the report indicates, at least, of sexual assault, sexual misconduct. And you allowed him to put on that uniform and go grab 11 rebounds for you? Why? And so whatever Reggie Lynch did for Minnesota on a basketball court, from the moment that they were, as a university, aware of that allegation to today— It was not worth what they're going to have to answer today. And that's why if I were a men's basketball coach, I would have a pretty clear cut policy in place. If you are charged with sexual assault, you're not playing for me until that's cleared up and perhaps not ever again. And even if you're not charged, if multiple women say the same thing about you or basically the same thing about you, like that's that's a red flag and we, you're not going to be on my basketball team anymore and i'm apologize if you were falsely accused by two different women cuz that sucks but it is statistically damn near impossible to be falsely accused by two different women of sexual assault and so i'm i'm going to side on the i'm going to side with the women i'm going to assume that they're not both just blatantly making up things about you and if they're not making things up about you then you're not somebody who should be representing my team like that that's not even controversial is it like that should be yeah i mean like hey two different women say basically the same thing about you that's a red flag for me and i I, i don't say that just when it comes to athletics i say that about people i have friends i don't say this proudly but friends who i know multiple women that they've dated who say things about them i don't they're not my friends anymore or at, you know like if i see them at the grocery store hey how you doing good to see you hope you're well but like i don't hang out with those people anymore like yo i know two girls you dated they both said the same thing about you that's not okay um when two different people say the same thing about you that is probably an indication of who you are and if this is what Reggie Lynch is, he should not have been playing basketball at Minnesota.
1: Yeah. We'll see, uh we'll see when Patino says something, what he says, and I assume on the next podcast we'll uh we'll loop back around to this, um, because you know, the story breaks overnight and then they got a game. We'll see when the to say something. Uh elsewhere and separately, Arizona State lost at Colorado on Thursday night in overtime a good win for a Tad Boyle team. That's not going to make the NCAA tournament in my opinion. Arizona State after a 12-0 start is now twelve and two. Granted, both of those losses in league play have come on the road. And the Colorado loss isn't good, but it is understandable. Here's the tricky part for Arizona State. They're on that uh they're on that that trip to the mountains that can just be um you know just a tough ask for a lot of teams. They lose to Colorado now they turn around on Sunday. They got to play at Utah Utah uh, last night as well. Uh, they played Arizona. They played them tough, but they lost at home. Um, GP, what are your thoughts on Arizona State right now? We could wind up talking on our next podcast Sunday night or Monday about ASU as a 12 and 3 team. Um, and I don't know if they would be in the polls at that point or not. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they are. But um, I just want your your takeaways on on the Sun Devils. And you know, I I don't think they're frauds or anything like that. But if they lose another one. You're going to have a lot of people selling on them just because they're not typically in the top 25. And after a hot start, they'll be 12-3, and 0-3 in league play. So the skeptics are going to come out.
0: Sure. I think it's important to remember that right now they do have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 top 60 Ken Palm wins. They've got a win over Xavier, which hasn't lost to anybody else. They've got a win over Kansas State, which is a pretty good win. They've got a win at Kansas, which is obviously great. So... I don't think they're fraudulent either, but is it possible they're not really a top five or top 10 team? Of course, that was always possible. We've talked about that a couple of times. They're obviously suspect on defense, terrific offensively, but that's no way to be consistently great. I was going to say college basketball, but probably basketball in general You can not outscore everybody. Um, You can outscore a lot of people on certain nights, but you're not going to be able to outscore everybody consistently. And so that uh, there were, uh, inability to to defend at a high level, and I don't even mean that they're they're not great at it. I mean they're they're not even average at it. They're bad at it. I think they rank outside of the top one ten in defensive efficiency. So, um, yeah, I I I I think it's possible they're not a, really a top five or top ten team. Like I said, we've said that a million times, but their resume still suggests that they're good and that they're they should be ranked somewhere. But you're exactly right. I mean, if you can't win at Colorado, you ain't supposed to win at Utah. Arizona did last night, and that was an impressive performance by them. But uh, I actually won't be surprised at all. In fact, I think it's more likely than not that we are talking about Arizona State on the next podcast. And we're saying, okay, they went from oh, 12-0 and to 12-3, and and now they're on a three-game losing streak. And then they'll come back home. And they'll probably beat Oregon and beat Oregon State, and then everybody will assume everything's fine, and it'll be based on they spent this weekend on the road, and they'll spend you know next week at home. But uh, yeah, not a great not a great loss. Now it was an OT loss, but still not a great loss for Arizona State last night.
1: Yeah, and if you're Arizona State, by the way, embrace all this talk because I guarantee you, if you know you started 12 and 0 in non-conference play, but if you had just lost a game you were expected to lose at Kansas and went 11-1. Right. We might have talked about you once on the podcast, but you wouldn't have been an undefeated team. Uh, you know, the Xavier one would have been awesome, but the Kansas one really changed everything for you. And now that you lose, yeah, we're talking about you more because, listen, you have a top five offense. Hurley is proving to be a really good coach, and and those senior guards are awesome. They are a really fun team to watch. Yes, as GP said, they have some issues defensively. Um, but uh, but you know what? If you start out this hot, you're gonna have a target on your back, and that Utah loss is, or that Utah game is gonna be tough to get out without a loss. But uh, but yeah, let's just let's see how they handle that, and then Oregon's going to be a desperate team. ASU's got that game at home. That's on Thursday, January 11th. So we'll see. I, I am I am plenty interested to see how this team becomes um, successful or not, or rebounds as it is the hunted. Uh, we wait and see. But yeah, that's that's a Sunday game against Utah. Um, we have an awesome. We've been really we, last, last weekend was really, really good in college basketball. It was the best Saturday, in my opinion, we had had yet across the board. I think this weekend has the potential to be even better. It's the second weekend of conference play. Um, Saturday is absolutely loaded. It'll be a great sports day overall because you have the NFL playoffs and you've got some really yeah. good college hoops. What do you think are the biggest games, GP? We should talk about the games that people should be kind of keyed in on here, because there is no shortage. Absolutely, uh, from from noon until, I mean, nine fifteen at night is when uh, Kansas plays at TCU. There's going to be options all day into the evening.
0: Well, I I I'll miss all of it because that is the you are first traveling. day, dude. Okay, so I was supposed to go home today. It's Friday morning now. I was supposed to be home Thursday morning, right? That's my normal trip. I go. To New York on Monday morning I come back home on Thursday morning every week until the end of the season that's where I'm at now that's my life for better or worse and it's for better I love my job but that's my normal schedule so I got pushed back till today then that flight got canceled so now I'm pushed back to tomorrow so I'm on the phone with the people you got to be on the phone with and the earliest they can get me home is tomorrow and which is Saturday and you want to hear my trip? You ready for this? Oh my gosh. Don't tell me it's two stops. Dude. New York to Detroit, Detroit to Atlanta, Atlanta to Memphis. Mm, man. <laughs> I mean, You're that's be zipping my... around the country. <laughs> I'm zipping around the country. I'm going to be I'll be I'll wake up in New York, then go to Detroit, then go to Atlanta, then get to Memphis like late afternoon.
1: Can I yeah, you know what? Can I just real quick here? I don't want to get off on a 6-minute tangent, but I just have a general mm. thought. I've always wondered about this, and maybe you know it, maybe someone who listens to the podcast understands this. Okay. You have all of these flight cancellations, okay? Mm-hmm. Cancellations. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people that are on these flights then get pushed back. Right. How This could be maybe the dumbest question I've ever posed on the podcast, but I don't get it. How do the airlines make up for the fact that there were already people scheduled to fly today and tomorrow? And how do they have enough airplanes to accommodate everyone? Because you don't hear about someone like, oh, yeah. All these flights got canceled, and the person and the, they didn't fly out until six days after. They're usually able to get out like the day after, or in your case, two days after is usually the worst case scenario. How do they have enough airplanes to accommodate everyone? Because whenever you fly, you fly in the middle of May, and it's a sunny day. That plane is packed almost always. You know, GP, do you have an answer for me? I've always
0: wondered about how they can do this. I do not know. I'm not going to say something and pretend like I am. But a, do you an get? Like, are you equally as I, vexed? I don't get this. I, I'm assuming they just add flights they just double up on everything or whatever triple up yeah or whatever but they, they gotta still do.
1: gotta yeah but they still gotta they still gotta travel as is like are they bringing in more planes like i the, double up on flights i suppose but i don't know it just it they obviously can I, do it but it baffles me
0: i know that like on like yesterday basically jfk and Laguardia were shut down completely it wasn't like they canceled some flights they canceled everything and so all of that's got to be made up. And as I was trying to rebook, there would be cuz you go to delta.com and it's like, "Hey, we rebooked you on this. Now find more flight. If you don't like this, go look." And it was like a it was like trying to buy concert tickets online. You know, like they go on sale and you're like, "Okay, got to get it now." "Oh no, that's gone." That's what it was like. Because they would add a flight and then it would fill up immediately. So like they would add they, like every you you'd click on it at say 214 and there'd be a f- new flight there and this would be the only flight that's available and so you try to get it of course you can and then you you'd refresh it and there'd be a brand new flight there like oh, oh, this wasn't here 2 minutes ago but it's here now so they were clearly adding flights as you know as of yesterday they were putting new like some of these connections that like I've like Actually, Laguardia to Detroit to Atlanta to Memphis is—I've never done that. But Detroit's a big airport that I've been in a lot to connect. Atlanta's obviously a big airport. I was seeing things like Laguardia to Sarasota, Florida, okay. to to Atlanta to like they were just piecing together all sorts of different combinations to try to I think just get people home. Like, hey, we know you got no interest in going to Sarasota. But, like, that's the one way we can get you home right now. Um, there are never Delta connections through Nashville, but I kept seeing flights, like, were taking to Nashville. So I think they just invent new flights. I don't know where the planes air, come yeah. from. I don't, yeah, I don't really know. I am fascinated by how the, that entire industry Dude. works. Yes,
1: absolutely. Think about how many planes are in the air every single day. Have you ever looked at one of the, like, it's you never want to look at that cuz it's terrifying like <laughs> it's
0: like how how do we not hit each other? I
1: know dude I try not <laughs> to think about that when I fly it's just like how does this happen how oh my god yeah here
0: it's hit. unbelievable like you ever look at that map and like it's like hold up how are we not there hitting there are 300 each other?
1: planes flying over the same like 80 square <laughs> 80 square miles on a map <laughs> and you're like what is going on yeah I totally It
0: agree. really I will say this like for as much as people bitch about the airlines it's amazing we don't hit each other I know, man. I know. Ugh. But, like, I can't even walk around, like, my house without bumping into something. And, like, we never hit each other. I, should ne- I shouldn't say never. Like, I'll be in a, a head-to-head collision with okay. a, an American Airlines flight tomorrow. <laughs> but it is, like, pretty remarkable. We never hit each other.
1: I know. It is. Anyway, so that was six minutes I promised we wouldn't go to. Uh, so okay. Where... So, here's the, so games. Saturday's games. That's yeah. what we
0: were talking about. Saturday's games, all of which I'll probably miss, at least the ones that happen in daylight. Um. I'll tell you what, the Big 12 is awesome every game. Every game's awesome, which is incredible. Like you can almost not put together – like I guess Oklahoma State and Iowa State, we'd be like, whatever. Mm -hmm. But most of the combinations of games you get in that league are tremendous. And on Saturday, we got at least two. Oklahoma at West Virginia, Kansas at TCU. Let's start with Oklahoma at West Virginia. Is this where uh, the homie Trey Young finally gets slowed down a little bit?
1: well okay let 's uh we're going to play trey Young over under as always you all right, so you were we were both half right, I believe because listeners are keeping tabs on this now because you took the under and you were right for points, but you took the over and assist and you were wrong, and I took the over and points I was wrong, I took the under and assist, and I was right um This is a fascinating road test at w v u um, we keep you know trey was one rebound away from a triple double <laughs> um I, I, jeez, uh, West Virginia is going to win this game. Um, it could be freaking terrific with the way West Virginia plays and how much, uh, Oklahoma wants to go. I mean, they dropped what? 107, 109 on, on 109. Yeah. Um, I will say West Virginia wins this game. eh, Let's go like 90. I think they'll. I think they'll run with them. I think it'll be like ninety-five to eighty-eight. West Virginia wins. I'm setting. We're going to stick with the Trey Young assists over under as his season average. Uh, This will be an up and down game. Um, Trey is going to get absolutely hassled. I'm actually going to drop his over under to thirty-two and a half. What are you going to take?
0: I'll take over. I think he'll score more than that. I think – but I do think West Virginia wins. It's, it's weird because he's got the ball in his hands so often that um, – but but they don't turn it over. Um, and I, I guess this is probably a tempo thing. In fact, I know it's a tempo thing. Um, they do not turn it over often, but he does turn it over 4.2 times yes. per game. Um, now, they get a lot of possessions. So that 4.2 is not a normal 4.2, if that makes sense
1: and with yeah. how much he has the ball in his hands it's also not a normal thing. So it's not great but like 4.2 for him is like 2.6 for a lot of other people basically. I, I
0: like yeah, I don't know if the numbers match up completely but your your point is is right. Yeah. Um he turned it over six times the other night against Oklahoma State, obviously didn't matter, but if you've never dealt with what West Virginia is about to put on you, I know this is a bit of a cliche, but like you can't simulate it in practice. I really do think that's 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 tough. Like what West Virginia does to you is very, very difficult to deal with. And, um, I think on a, now if we're playing this in Norman, I'd say they'll deal with it. They'll be fine. But I, it's certainly not impossible, but I, I don't believe that Oklahoma is going to be able to go into West Virginia playing the way they play and upset the Mountaineers. And it would be an upset.
1: Right, well, I got one quick question and I'll transition to the other big 12 game. Um, well, not question, just a thought here. I, I here's the thing though. Um, Trey Young is uh, the most, uh, rightfully so, the most discussed about person in college basketball right now. We both think West Virginia is going to win. Uh, I too uh, no, will take. No, you're going over. I'll take the under in points, and I will take. Uh, I'll take the under in assists as well. But I, I can absolutely see a scenario here where Oklahoma goes in, wins. Trey is awesome again. And he just keeps doing things that just should not be done. Um, I am waiting for him to have, like, a truly average game. And not for his average, like, for just average Call. I keep waiting for it to happen. It hasn't happened yet. Um, It will be the latest... Just national launching point for a Trey Young discussion. If they go and win, he's awesome against a really good West Virginia defense. We'll wait and see. Kansas at TCU is the big game on Saturday. Also, by the way, like you mentioned, every Big Twelve game is good. Like Texas plays at Baylor. Baylor is zero two. They have this game on their home floor. Baylor, like they need this win in order to keep themselves in the bubble conversation at this point. So don't sleep on that. That's a two o'clock tip on Saturday. Kansas at TCU. Obviously, we hit on Kansas plenty in the last podcast. One and one. Now they play at TCU. Very fascinating game. TCU was thirteen and one. Its only loss came at home to Trey Young in Oklahoma yep. last Saturday. GP, who are you taking in this game and who do you expect will be the biggest difference maker on either end of the floor?
0: I I think I'd take TCU at home. I think Kansas is good. I don't think Kansas is the best team in the Big Twelve, which they obviously usually are always, they always are. And I don't think Kansas is as good as even their ranking still suggests they are. I, I, I just, I, I think they're flawed right now. It doesn't mean they can't be great eventually, but I don't think they're great right now. And I don't think anything other than a legitimate top 10 team can go into TCU right now and win. So I don't think Kansas is going to win. I think TCU wins and Kansas is a two loss big 12 team. Or I should rephrase, a team in the Big 12 with two league losses, and they're really starting to to stare uh, uphill at trying to extend this Big 12 winning streak. In terms of who's the biggest players on each side, I mean, uh, I, I guess I always go with the best players. So you know, the, the the best players are always the most important for for two different reasons. If they play well, they're the most important. If they don't play well, that that matters that matters too. Um, but I, I think I'd be surprised if Kansas went to TCU under these circumstances and won. You picking Kansas? I'm picking Kansas straight up. <laughs> it was a terrible, terrible attempt.
1: It just came out of nowhere, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking Kansas. Okay. Uh, other big games on Saturday. Where do you want to go?
0: UNC at Virginia? That's pretty good. UNC, of course, coming off a loss. They just lost at Florida State. Like the ACC, we talked about the Big 12, but like every game's. Um, interesting. That's not true in the ACC, but because of the sheer number of good teams in that league, you do end up challenging yourself um, consistently. And my point being, North Carolina like spent you know, midweek at Florida State, took a loss there, and now you got to go to Virginia. Like, good luck.
1: Good luck, indeed. Definitely taking Virginia on its home floor. Right. Shout out to Cavs fans. So Virginia beats Virginia Tech on the road. Like, just. Kills them. They win 52 on Wednesday, and I'm in the middle of doing some writing, and I had Twitter closed for like two hours, two and a half hours, or whatever. And then I open it up at like eleven o'clock, and my mentions were absolutely assaulted by Virginia fans. And why? What that
0: what that, what that means is that somebody posted that on a message board somewhere, and then they all come oh, for you.
1: I'm getting I'm getting there. Okay, I'm I'm getting there. So. In the preseason, I do the one to 351, and we do a corresponding map, and the map is every team from every state that I have ranked highest gets to have their logo uh, in between state borders, and I thought Virginia Tech was going to be better than Virginia this year. uh, This will now fall under the Bill Self rule. I will not pick Virginia not to be the best team in Virginia until they prove they won't be. Uh, But regardless, uh, swing and a miss, and a big one there, And (laughs) and particularly because Virginia won that game at Virginia Tech, it wasn't like it was even in Charlottesville, so just ruthless UVA fans, and, and it was it was very good. A lot of them were funny. Some of them were way angrier than they needed to be. Those people need to get lives and uh, improve their situations. But for the most part, really really good, and I did I did get a good laugh out of it. But then I had a uh, a buddy uh, who emailed me, and he said, "Listen, I've got I, I have these three schools that I kind of follow because I have personal ties to them, and Virginia is one of them." you are getting slaughtered on this message board that I uh, I knew
0: it. I, I didn't know that before you said that, but right. I knew that before you said that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he goes, Hey man, if they hate you, they're reading you. Great job. Keep it up. Um, so I don't know which one it was. I don't even know how many Virginia message boards there are or whatever, but absolutely. That uh, was, I'm sure gave them plenty to dis- discuss, but I am fully on Virginia third and Kempom now. A real chance, man, they can win the damn ACC. Who knows if they will or they won't, but their only loss is at West Virginia at this point. I do think they're going to beat North Carolina, and uh, if and when that happens, perhaps we save more of our discussion uh, come the next podcast to talk about the Cavaliers, who right now, number one in defensive efficiency and dead last. Oh, surprise, surprise. I know, and dead last. In uh, ten, in possessions per ten, game, oh my! It's just it is vintage Tony Bennett. They've been terrific. I expect them to win with a decent challenge, but giving me like something along the lines of like 62 versus North Carolina.
0: Yeah, I think Virginia wins. Um, North Carolina. I've always thought like, and North Carolina fans don't want to hear this, but I I didn't I didn't understand how they were going to be great when you looked at the roster. I understood how they were going to be good. I didn't understand how they were going to be great. And then they played really well early in the year. Like, um, didn't they win their side of the PK-80? Virginia? No, North Carolina. Oh,
1: North Carolina. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Yes, they – no, no, yeah. no. Wait, no, no, no. Michigan State won it. Michigan State because they held North Carolina. Oh, yeah. North oh, yeah, no,
0: no. They played well and then they lost to Michigan State, right? But for a while, that was like the – like North Carolina was operating – they had victories over Arkansas, over Michigan, over Tennessee, at Tennessee – which Luke was May was good. awesome.
1: He was like a top five yeah. player in the first month of the season.
0: Yeah, for a while. That's my point. Their only loss was to the team that's ranked number one in the AP poll. And they had like quality wins. Like that Arkansas wins clearly a, a good win. Uh, at Tennessee, I think it's a good win. And so I was like, okay, Carolina's better than I thought they were going to be. And then they lose to Watford, And now they're coming up lost to Florida State. And now they're probably going to lose at Virginia. And it won't mean they're bad. It'll just mean – they're settling into about what I thought they were going to be. Um, so, yeah, I don't think they're going to go in to Virginia and win. But I, I would say, and perhaps this is something we should put in notes and just remind ourselves of every offseason, preseason. Uh, when you looked at Virginia's roster, there wasn't much to make you think it was going to be top 25 good. Like when you looked at the roster, you were like, I don't know about this. But the, maybe the roster doesn't matter as much at Virginia. I, in yeah. fact, I think this is true. It doesn't matter as much at Virginia as it matters some other places. Like as long as Tony's running that thing, here we are. I mean, because he, he's got them – like I've got them in the top five right now. And they do not have a top five roster, but they 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 might have a top five coach.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's just so fascinating. Um what he's been able to do, G.P. I'll run down a few games here. You pick what you want to talk about. Um, just quick thoughts here because I want to hit. We got so much, and I know fans kind of wait for us to talk about their teams and stuff. Auburn's at home against Arkansas. I just think that's a really intriguing SEC game. Auburn's been absolutely terrific. And shout out to Bruce Pearl who wore a four and fourteen shirt at Tennessee earlier this week. And why did he wear a four and fourteen shirt? Because our Kyle Boone at CBS Sports predicted he had a midseason these teams are 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 bound to to disappoint after a hot start Auburn was on that list thought they would go four and 14 in the SEC and <laughs> that is just awesome um I wish more <gasps> coaches did that did you see that shirt GP
0: I did not see that I didn't know anything about this
1: yes so good I love that Kyle Boone who is getting the attention of of multiple coaches because also in that article was about Iowa State taking a step back uh, well, the other thing,
0: like he, Kyle, got, like, I love Kyle. He got calmed down on that stuff because, like, um, one of the things he was like, teams that are set to get hot or something like that. Yeah. And he had Kansas on there. Is that true? I think yeah. that's true. You can't get hot in the in the Big Twelve. Yeah. Hey. That's not the place you get hot. If you have struggled in your non-conference schedule, and then you got to play a Big Twelve schedule, you ain't getting hot. <laughs>
1: I know. But I do love that he's capturing the attention of these coaches. <laughs> hey, I listen, sources close the podcast tell me. Hey, Pro
0: if you can get Bruce Pearl to wear a shirt, oh, referencing so you,
1: good. thats pretty good. That's really, really good. So Arkansas at Auburn, I think it's a really intriguing game. Would be awesome for Arkansas's profile if they were able to get that uh, kind of win. Florida's been up and down. Jekyll and Hyde. They play at Missouri. Um, I think it's a good opportunity to, for either of those teams and and uh, could provoke some interesting discussion regardless of the outcome there. Notre Dame has no Bonzi Colson. They play at Syracuse. Notre Dame is a better team than Syracuse. I will be really impressed, though, if they can go and get that win there. Xavier's got a slippery game at Providence. That's a noon tip on Saturday. Keep an eye on that. I mentioned Texas at Baylor. You got Bama at Georgia. Bama, is these are the kind of wins like Bama's no sure thing to make the NCAA tournament in my opinion right now. just Can you get that win against Georgia or is Georgia going to fight back Dude, the, the the slate is loaded. Clemson's had an awesome start. They have Louisville on its home on their home floor. Clemson at home beat Louisville, prove that you're going to be able to actually sustain this and be really really good. Georgetown's at home against Creighton. Everyone sold on Georgetown, and yet if they can beat Creighton, okay, now we'll actually have to really start talking about them as an NCAA tournament type team. Duke should win at NC State, but let's see. It is a road game. That's an eight o'clock tip on Saturday. Just keep your eye out on that. And then Arizona plays at Colorado. They just got out of Utah with the win. Are they going to be able to get out of there two and zero or one and one? We'll see. Um, I don't know if you want to go off the board with all those I mentioned, but those are just plenty of games to keep an eye on on Saturday.
0: I, I, I agree. Those are all interesting for uh, for different reasons. Um, on Sunday, you do get Florida State at Miami, which is one I don't think you referenced. Right. And Miami now um, is real suspect. I, like I, you know, I, I, I believe this when you have a accomplished coach when you have Combined with NBA talent, combined with experience, you're going to be good. So I think Miami's good. But the resume right now, and it's January 5th, the resume right now has got nothing on it. They've got losses to New Mexico State and most recently Wednesday night at Georgia Tech. And that's the Georgia Tech team that lost multiple bye games. Now, some of that was without Josh Okogie, but still. And they haven't they haven't really beaten anybody. They beat Minnesota, which is a top 45 team. But like you know, Minnesota has not been what we thought it was going to be. So, like, um, I'm interested to see what happens in that because if you are legitimate, you ought to be able to handle Florida State at home. And I think they probably will handle Florida State at home. But if they lose that one, it's time to start asking some big questions about Miami.
1: Maybe – I don't want to overstate it. So maybe the most important game for any single team this weekend in a power conference in a major seven league because of the fact that their resume is so thin and Florida State has proven to be very good and this game is followed by a game at Clemson right. uh, next weekend and then their home versus Duke. Right. So this could get real bad for Miami in a hurry and yeah, listen, I own up to my to my bad picks, it's becoming a, uh, a running theme on this podcast. I picked Miami to be the best team to have the best record in the ACC. I am probably going to be wrong on that unless they beat Florida State and, and then really go on a big winning streak here. I still think they're a, a pretty good team, but this is a this is an instance where you haven't done enough on the resume to validate that thought. And now, okay, you're in league play. You're going to have to start proving it and proving it in a hurry. Beat Florida State at home. And for the sake of predictions, I'm actually going to say Miami wins this one. I, I have enough belief in the roster and the coaching. Give me Miami by, like, 14 points in this. Like, oh, whoa. Yeah, give me, give me Miami 76-62. I think they're going to win and make a huge statement after a, a very dispiriting and just underwhelming performance against Georgia
0: Tech. Yeah, and they were down. It wasn't like Georgia Tech got lucky late and won the game like georgia tech handled them from almost from start to finish uh, certainly most of the second half and so uh yeah that was not a not a not a even a quality loss or a decent loss or a, a you know like oh what are you going to do loss it was like that georgia tech team is not good even with josh kogi and Toddra jackson eligible that the georgia tech team isn't good this year it's not as good at least it doesn't appear to be as good as the team that uh, went to the NIT last year. I, I'm with you. I think Miami wins. I don't know that they win by double digits, but it wouldn't shock me. Um, but I don't think I'd project it that way. Either way, while well, recognizing I'm terrible at projecting, so whatever. But I think Miami wins the game. But if they lose it, I mean, then you got to go to Clemson. I'll, I'll just put it this way. Forget what I think. You lose this one, or you win this one. It really doesn't matter. But like either way, you're probably in the next two games. At Clemson, home against Duke. So if you lose this one, that's a two-game losing streak that could very easily turn into a four-game losing streak. Then you got problems. Yeah, big time. So good
1: you gotta go shovel,
0: You gotta go shovel show snow.
1: <laughs> I gotta go shovel show. I gotta. I gotta get this <laughs> podcast. We gotta get this podcast up. I gotta shovel. I gotta do some writing, and it's gonna be an awesome, awesome Friday here. So you enjoy. Uh, sticking around in Manhattan, please tip your food yep. delivery men or women yep. well, please. And yep. have a safe flight on Saturday. Hopefully you'll get back in time for Kansas TCU. Hey, hey, a safe flight won't do me any good. I need I need three safe flights. That's actually true. <laughs> so let's <laughs> let's hope we get three three in a row. And then um, I don't know if we'll I would prefer, I think, to podcast Sunday night, but we Sa- can't make any Sunday promises. Night. We can we cannot make promises. We are gonna yep. aim for Sunday night.
0: We're going to aim for Sunday night.
1: And if not, then we'll get it to you Monday. Um, and actually, just real quick here, uh, the podcast year over year has been doing really well. We recently got numbers back, and I do want to thank the listeners um, for subscribing, for rating, reviewing uh, the new one the new listeners particularly cuz you're the ones that are actually helping do this the, the old school ones total shout out the ones that have been listening for years you guys and and you, even you even know, even back when you couldn't hear us yeah you you're, you are <laughs> terrific um but uh you know we don't really track uh, Gary and I don't really track the numbers other people do that uh and kind of let us know but they they have informed us that we are you know listenership is up significantly and uh you know we have the evidence suggests that we have a very uh, dedicated and loyal audience, and we do not take that for granted whatsoever. So just to, at the start of 2018, I wanted to say thanks to everyone. You guys are great. We appreciate the comments, the tweets, and all that stuff. And uh, just, you know, thanks for continuing to listen. And, uh, hey, we love doing this We three times a week. There's a reason why. And uh, we appreciate that, and we'll, you know, try to keep getting better with it.
0: I echo everything you say. Like it's really cool. Like when we got that that note yesterday from one of our editors, it's like, oh wow! Like uh, that's that's nice. It really is nice. It's um, you know, you, you, when you do something like this, you never know how many people care one way or another. Um, and, and yet, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that not only is there an audience, but the audience is growing and growing and growing. And, and that's awesome. So thank you. Sincerely. I know I goof around a lot, but that, that means a lot. So thank you guys for listening. Um, if you haven't subscribed, uh, please go subscribe. And if, uh, if you have a couple of minutes, rate it favorably and, and leave nice comments. And shouts to Marcus Howard, who got 52 points the other night against Providence. That was unbelievable. Shouts to Devin Downey, who never scored 52 points, but I know he's capable of it. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle. And we will talk to you again. Hopefully Sunday night. Till then, take care.